podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. My name's David Edgar. I'm your host. This is our second weekly free pod uh, here on the Heart and Hand Network. And this is the one where we look ahead to the weekend's game and, of course, catch up on any news that might have happened since our flagship show on Monday night. And quite a lot has happened this week. So joining me to discuss it is a pod stalwart, one of my very favourite people, Mr Alex Staff. Hello, Alex. Hi there, David. How are you doing? We've had quieter weeks at Heart and Hand Towers. We have, yeah. Yeah, but... But um, certainly quite a week's but we've also had far less exciting weeks, oh, I, I think it's fair to say as well. Far less interesting weeks. I've never watched the beginning of a Champions League programme more intently than I did on Tuesday night this week. But we will come to that. So we're obviously going to preview the game. But before we get to, to the match, and it's easy in all this hoopla to forget that we still have quite a lot to play for this season but as I say we will come to that so first up everybody's talking about it there's excitement there's talk of an announcement at Ibrox tomorrow it's looking very very like Rangers are about to hire Steven Gerrard to become our next manager now with the caveat that Rangers fully expected up until the 11th hour, 59th minute and 59th second that Derek McInnes would be the manager. So anything can happen. We have seen that not that long ago. But overall, it does look like this appointment is going ahead. Let's just assume for the sake of discussion that that is the case, Alex. Where are you on this on this decision? Uh, I'll be honest, I'm pretty excited. Um, as someone who's not... Uh, people are banding names about like Warnock or... Uh, Alex Neal or the likes and nothing was really grabbing me I mean Alex Neal I think would have been a decent appointment but I certainly didn't want someone like Warnock I really felt as though that was the wrong road to go down it's easy to focus on the one man it's more about a management team and not only that now but the system we have in place means that it's about what Mark Allen does to support him and what the scouts do how our youth uh, changes the youth level sorry will develop the players there so it's easy just for everybody to point to Gerard and go, he doesn't have the experience or the likes, but there's loads going on to support him, probably more than any other Rangers managers had when they first walked into the job. So in that respect, I'm kind of excited because I feel as though the one thing our last few managers haven't had is the right temperament, and I, I really believe he's got it. So... Given we've had guys, tactical experts like Kishinya and guys who could come up with training drills until, you know, in their sleep like Mark Warburton, none of that's really worked. We need someone with the right temperament, the right kind of winner's mentality. And Gerard at least has that and then everything else can be built on from there. It's, it's how I feel about it. So, yeah, I'm quite excited by it. I'm the same. I'm excited. I do understand where people are coming from, that we needed an experienced manager. I did worry that we couldn't get the right level of experienced manager that we need. You know, in an ideal world, we'd be talking to the Sean Deitches of this world, but, you know, his six million release clause, 60 grand a week, it was never, ever going to happen. So then you've got to go down the tier. And it's a wee bit like with players that, you know, that really the market we're in is up and coming or it's 
you know, over the hill. Unfortunately, that's Rangers really need to make that decision at times if you're going to go for for people who are named. So yeah, none of the names that were bandied about excited me. Some of them downright terrified me, but. Look, I can see the upside and I can see the downside. On the upside is he's a worldwide name. He's got a, a profile that should aid the club, both in terms of player recruitment and in terms of uh, commercial deals. He will excite the vast majority, not all, obviously. So please, if you're listening to us saying, oh, David, we're not all behind it, absolutely. But he'll excite, I think, the vast majority of the support um, and bring a, a kind of feel-good back to the club which is important for any new manager I think we saw with Pedro what happens when a new manager comes in and doesn't get that benefit doesn't generate excitement that there's less rope there's less leeway and we saw that with Pedro and I think that as a bloke as a person as a footballer I, I don't believe for a second he hasn't learned a little bit about how to set out a team and tactics uh, I don't believe he's going to find it the way some people were talking, you'd have thought we were hiring me or you or, or somebody that didn't have a clue what they were doing. I don't believe that'll be the case. Negative. It's an enormous role for somebody's first job. It's going to be a lot of pressure. It's going to be stuff that he hasn't dealt with before. He has dealt with pressure, but not this kind. So it is different. I still think he'd be able to handle it. Uh, I think that maybe up here we don't appreciate how difficult it is for particularly England internationals, especially round about tournament time it's a hell of a lot of pressure for them uh, and living in Liverpool is fairly we I think sometimes go overboard on what the, the old firm rivalries like um, there are other rivalries that are quite intense and by that what I mean is some drunken idiot approaching you when you're out in the street is the same in Glasgow or Manchester or Liverpool if that's what we define as pressure so overall it's a huge risk, but it's an exciting one, and that's kind of the opposite to the Pedro gamble, which was a huge gamble, but didn't seem to have the upside that this one has. And uh, yeah, I, I want to see how it develops. I'm excited by it. I want to see what it does for our club, and you know, we will talk about. It. There's not not much point me now like, speculating here about what it'll be like because nobody really knows. So we'll we'll just uh, we'll we'll park that and we'll do that uh, in at, at later dates. I do want to talk though, Alex, about the reaction to this speculation, that's probably the way to put it, where most pundits in England, 90% of them, have said, Rangers are a great club, this is a brilliant move for Stephen, he should absolutely go for it. And 100% of the Scottish media have said, what's he thinking? He'd be an idiot to take this, Rangers are a complete mess, it's idiotic of, of Rangers to even consider this. Everything's shite. Uh, I hate my life. I wish I was dead. What do you put that down to? Is it simply it's Rangers and therefore they have to do this? Or is it more to do with the fact that we are unfortunately blessed with a lot more Lawrenson types than we are with uh, excited, I like this, salesman for the game? I think it's both, actually. Um, a mixture depending upon who it is. I think some of them are just negative when it comes to Rangers. I don't think there's any denying that, uh, whether they're told to be or whether they just are. It exists. I don't suppose the motivation really matters, but it is there. Uh, and I also think we just do have quite a negative slant on on the bigger things in football up here. Um, some clubs are allowed to be progressive or come up with something a bit different and exciting, but... Uh, 
Rangers certainly aren't one of them. Um, <laughs> and, you know, in their, in their eyes. So, it's, uh, I've only heard one English pundit have a bit of a go at this, and that was Paul Merson, who, let's be honest, is an idiot. Yes. Right? I mean, he's not a very good pundit at all. He's, he's no use at it. And he is one of those guys who would fit right in up here because he does take the negatives and everything. Um, and I'm sure he still believes that De Bruyne wasn't worth the money, for example. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's the only one. Everybody else has been, you know, they've largely said what you said earlier. It's like, you know, this is a really big move for him. He's going to a huge club. He's going to have to learn quickly. But it's a great opportunity, not just for Steven Gerrard, but for, for Rangers as well. So, yeah... I, we're not allowed. To, we, we feel like, it feels as though we're not allowed to talk about the game positively up here, uh, and no one can tell me that that's not having an effect when it comes to TV deals and just the, you know the general feeling around Scottish football. That you can't constantly be talking the game down and expect others outside of here to find it positive. No, um, it is almost like continually telling people that the product is shite might put people off. Um, yeah. I don't. If you were to come on the Patreon site and spend most of your time saying this is a terrible site, don't don't come here. The quality's piss. I, I wouldn't have you on that often, Alex. I'll be honest. Yeah, exactly. You know, I would. I would. Yeah. I would kind of say, oh, I don't think you're getting this. I think that one of the arguments I've seen put up. Firstly, their their concern for Steven Gerrard's career is touching. And very surprising um, that it, you see that quite a lot. It's like, oh, you know, it could really damage his career. Uh, he's a big boy. I think I think he might figure that out for himself if it's the case. Don't worry. Secondly, does he know what the structure of that club is? Is he aware of what they're like? And with all due respect, I guarantee Steven Gerrard over the last few years has spent more time with Dave King than any of them have due to their friendship, due to the Liverpool connection. And... Then lastly, it's like, well, they don't know down south. They don't know how dysfunctional Rangers are. It's only us that are up here. It's like, you, or, or could it be that because you're so close to it and you spend every day in an echo chamber where people are saying they have no money, they're terrible, they're falling apart, they're a disaster, that a wee bit of distance isn't actually a bad thing? And that maybe they can kind of see us for what we are, which is a big club who've fallen on some hard times and are trying to recover from that and need to try and pick ourselves up and move ourselves back up to the position we want to be in. Maybe it's that. <laughs> you know, it's not that difficult. It's like I, you can get a good view of what Italian football's like pretty quickly without being in Italy. And I, I do think it's this very well, we know best and we're the ones that are aware of, of everything that's going on. And like I say, I find it very difficult to take media seriously when they they try to tell you that after not getting the story in the first place, that they know what's going on, but yet haven't bothered to share it with us. I'm sorry, I don't I don't buy that. I think it's more a case that you guys are continually running into into stables after the horse is fucked off. So it's it's quite a it's it's quite a contrast, and it's been very noticeable between you know the positivity coming from down south and the relentless negativity. And I think it does play into the fact that up here we are viewed in one way, and that's the that's the pigeonhole in which we've been placed. We are comedy club, lurching from disaster to disaster. Whereas instead, if you actually just take a step back, Rangers are 
they have their problems. We have issues, don't get me wrong. There's things that could be done better, absolutely. But the idea that it's a crisis club, I just don't buy at all. It's a club who are performing disappointingly on the field. And that can be rectified. It's a club whose board have continually made football mistakes and need to sort that. That can't stop them making appointments. They can't not hire people based on the fact that, well, you know, we tried hiring a couple before and it went wrong. It doesn't work like that. You've got to continue to try and get it right. And don't get me wrong, if Gerard goes tits up, the board will have to carry the can for that. That's how it works. But... Like I say, I think it's just a lack of honesty. I think that rather than just coming out and say, look, we hate Rangers and the people that we target with this stuff hate Rangers. So we'd, we we can't take a positive. And I guarantee you if Brendan Rodgers had gone down south and Celtic had hired Stephen Gerrard, all you would have heard would be bright, brave appointment and bringing a major name to Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Or if we had went down the other road and hired Neil Warnock, we would have got the same level of negativity, just with a completely different slant on it. Um, it would have been, he's yesterday's man, they needed to be braver than that. He's not got the, the energy, does he really Does he really want all of this hassle at his age, etc, etc. Um, Alex Neal would have been seen as a lack of ambition by the club or something like that. You can almost almost certainly say that. Um, people can you know, point at that and go, that's just told conjecture, but... We've got mounting years of evidence to suggest that that would have been the case. So, so yeah, I think, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't in our case. We're about to bring the biggest bit of excitement and box office to Scottish football in years, let's be honest. Um, and you would think someone along the line would say, well, OK, this might not work, but at least it will get people talking about Scottish football again. There's not even been a hint of that. It's just been... Oh, Stephen, don't do it to yourself. You never know. Yeah. Uh, you, you've no idea what you're walking into. Ah, come on, come on, guys. He, he could buy and sell every single one of you. <laughs> um, I doubt he's uh, he's half as half as ignorant as, as they think he is. You know. Yeah, I do think that the the, the belief that Stephen Gerrard somehow thinks he's walking in to manage Trevor Stephen, Gary Stevens, and Terry Butcher is at best patronising and as you say from the collective IQ of the Scottish football punditry yeah sorry lads I, I'm I'm not going to, to four fall square behind you on this one I, I don't think I trust that Rangers made a couple of changes at boardroom level Alex this week uh, with the resignation of two directors Paul Murray and uh, Barry Scott I will avoid sell it bang jokes even though it, it strains every, uh, every fibre of my being to do so and latest sort of coming out of it was that there were some disagreements on direction that they maybe favoured the more conservative bit-by-bit approach, which the board have been doing over the last couple of years, and that King and Park feel that, no, it's a watershed moment, we really have to go for it this time um, in terms of financing, in terms of the new manager. But it was amicable, and that it clears up a couple of places for hopefully people representing new investors coming in soon because there is quite a lot of talk about new investment. Uh, what was your thoughts when you heard the news and how do you think that it positions us moving forward? Well, I think my first thought was really, I'm not 100% sure what these guys are doing right now at Rangers. And I don't mean that uh, you know, as some sort of dig at them, but at board level... It feels as though, and you know, I, I could be wrong about this, but it pretty much feels as though 
until Dave King signs off on it, everything else is just sort of, you know, let's try and figure this out and then we'll get Daddy to come in and tell us what the answer is. Mm. Um, and I look at that and I think to myself, well, you know, what, what have we actually lost in day-to-day running here? Or in, you know, contacts and, and business sort of acumen? What, what have we really lost? And I'm not 100% sure, if I'm honest. Um, I like Paul Murray. He's a good Rangers man. We know that. Um, but that's not enough, is it? Um, I don't know anything about Barry Scott at all. So I was just, I think originally, I, you know, you heard, there's been rumours kicking about all week. There's no point in trying to hide from that. So when you heard the two people coming off the board, you, you can maybe get a little bit excited about potential investment. I have no idea. We'll see if that happens or not. But in truth, if it doesn't, I'm still not entirely sure what we've lost with a couple of directors stepping down. Um Maybe you've got you know a clearer insight in that than me, but I can't can't quite work out why that's any in any way a catastrophe. I don't believe it is. I think that Paul Murray's role now is more of an advisory role, and I'm not like you. I'm not criticising that. I think he was absolutely pivotal in ousting the previous regime. And sometimes you need different people for different tasks. And sometimes, you know, you need a wartime consigliere, um, to, to quote from the Godfather, and sometimes you need somebody who has a different skill set, such as attracting investment and whatnot. So uh, I think that Paul Murray did Rangers an enormous service, and he deserves credit for that. But I think maybe the time has come that they need a different skill set on board, and that's, that's perfectly valid. That's not a negative thing. It happened with John Gilligan. John's a friend of mine, but <clears throat> he felt that that his use, if you like, had gone down once they took power, and after a year, it was it was time to to step down. And of course, life gets in the way, you know. And that's another thing; it's a lot of time to devote to something. Uh, I wish them all the best, you know. There's, there's no reason for any negativity from any Rangers fans towards them. And but as you say, I don't think it materially affects the day to day running of the club. Now, people will be sitting screaming at the player saying. We also fired a manager this week, David. Why aren't you discussing it? And the reason is because I think it ties more into a preview of the weekend's game. So Tuesday morning, the announcement was made by Rangers. Graham Murty had been relieved of his duties as first-team coach. And it, I think it had been coming. And I think after the defeat at Parkhead, and we discussed it at length on the show on Monday night, so if anyone didn't uh, didn't hear, go back and, and hear, I'm not going to dig over Again, Graham Murty's, Graham Murty's fault. Was it the right decision, Alex? I've seen some people in the media suggest that he should have been left in place till the end of the season for uh, his dignity. Seems to have been basically the only reason. Um, but yet, I haven't met a Rangers fan yet. I've spoken to a Rangers fan yet who has said, no, he should have been retained. I think everyone, at best, felt that he should have been removed a few weeks ago. What was your take on it? Yeah, it was. It was time for, for Graham Murty to go, and it potentially was past the due as such. Uh, but uh, as we discussed um, on the Patreon site on the daily updates as well, for his from his perspective, I think it's a good thing as well because the guy was clearly struggling in the role in a mental sense. Um, it, the pressure was getting to him. There was no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, I don't say this lightly, but I think it's a good thing for him to to be able to go away now, a few weeks probably, maybe even longer, just take a bit of time away from football altogether, I would hope. And, uh, 
you know, just kind of reset and, and see where he wants to go after that. Uh, Rangers needed it, fans needed it, Graham Murphy needed it. That all makes it the right decision. I don't see too much debate against that. No, I think that sometimes you need to do something for... Uh, at the most extreme for PR reasons and the board had to remove him because the fans were demanding it and there was nothing to be gained keeping him on because they didn't believe sometimes boards will say no we're right the fans are wrong he will turn it around they had already decided that that wasn't the case and hence the pursuit of of Steven Gerrard so to keep him on I felt was basically to keep him there as a lightning rod for criticism because the fans are more likely to criticise him on the day than they are to turn it towards the board. And I felt that would have been cowardly. So I think that they did the right thing. I think it was the right decision to remove him. I think it needed taking... The fans needed it. I think we needed it. Um, we didn't want to see Graham Murray in our, in our dugout again. He basically made clear at the weekend that he wasn't fulfilling any purpose. He himself said, I'm just standing there. So it... it Felt like it was time to just say, right, this is a mess and the only way to get out of a mess is to start cleaning it up and that means we're going to have to just you know, take this out and start again. And I think it was right, Jimmy Nicol and Jonathan Johansson will take the team for the last three games and obviously that that's, uh, I think, perfectly sensible as a, as a temporary accommodation until the end of the season. Um, Graham Murty had a very interesting run as manager. I think there were highs, there were lows. Uh, it was at times looking disastrous, at times looking no it could turn out well and then in the end it completely collapsed after the 3-2 game. What will be his, I hate to say legacy because that indicates something that continues on, but what will be when people think of him, what will people look back on and say, I agree on Marty was X or Y? Uh, I think there'll be a certain amount of sympathy for him in time. Right now, it's a bit too raw, a bit too emotional for that. But so over time, I think people will look back and go, the guy was put in a role, he stepped forward, he, you know, he took the opportunity when asked, he took the risk when asked, um, twice now, essentially. Uh, and... He's he's gave what I think is his best effort, but unfortunately that was you know found to be wanting once the the chips were really down, and that's you know I think in time where people just look back and go that was a mistake at board level, the guy just wasn't that cut uh, you know up to the job and feel a bit of sympathy for him because it's not like a. It's not been someone like, I hate to do this because I love the guy, but it's not been like an Ali McCoy situation where the fans would have happily seen him moved on from his managerial role far, far, long, long before it happened. Let's be honest here. Uh, and he just kept going. Now, there was other things going on at the time, which, you know, many people will say that it was just as well he was there, you know, to represent the club for. But, you know, it wasn't that sort of situation where this dragged on for two years and he was rather stubborn about it. Graham Murray came in, knew the situation was short term. Yeah, he expressed a desire to go on longer, but he still sacrificed. He could have easily turned around and said, that's too much hassle for me just until the end of the season, guys. I'll just stay right here. You can go and find a manager. Mm-hmm. And we would have been in a bit of trouble because at the point that McKenna knocked his back, no one had a clue what the hell was happening. No one. So... 
you know, as I say, I think we've seen a little bit of sympathy for him, and we can thank him for, you know, stepping up when asked. But uh, ultimately, he just wasn't good enough, and that's that. Agreed, and, and he, you know, he did. He, he helped at directors. I think he got them off the hook quite a few times this season when it would have got, it would have got really out of hand uh, until a point where they had time to go away and think about what they wanted to do. Yes, it did eventually collapse, but it's collapsing towards the end of the season. You're right; it could have collapsed at Christmas, and had he not done that, and he, de- he deserves credit for it. Where I maybe disagree with some of the some of the remarks that we've seen, um, Brendan Rodgers broke his golden rule, which was surprising when he doesn't talk about other clubs. Hmm. Uh, to yeah. to say that he felt he'd been uh, thrown into the garbage was the phrase he used. Neil Lennon described his treatment as scandalous. And where I'm going to diverge from that is <laughs> we're not talking here about someone who's been literally thrown onto the street or made homeless or someone who has experienced uh, major life trauma. What we've had here is a guy who was offered a job that he probably wasn't up to, but was given an opportunity to prove that he was. A bigger job than he would have got under the circumstances. Was given a transfer window, was given new players, and he failed, and he made mistakes, and he failed. And it could have gone the other way, absolutely, and I'm sure he's telling himself that. But in the end, it didn't work out. And in football management, if it doesn't work out, then you have to leave. And I don't necessarily see the massive sympathy levels. Uh, I think you can appreciate what Graham Murty did in terms of stepping up while still being critical of how he then performed. I, I don't think those two positions are in any way diametric to each other. I think that they make sense that you can have both those thoughts in your head at the same time, and certainly I do. I think that he... When he got into difficulty, he compounded it, as the board have done over the last couple of years, incidentally. But I think that his decision-making then compounded that, and then he panicked. And once he panicked was when he lost the dressing room, once he panicked was when he lost the fans, and then it was just a, a, a vicious circle, and there was no way out of it for him at that point. And that happens, and it happens to more experienced managers at other clubs. It's it's nothing new. And I don't think his treatment has been that appalling, to be honest. Uh, I think the main bone of contention for other managers, and I get incidentally that managers stick together because one day it could happen to them, but... Other managers, I think the main bone of contention is Rangers have been looking at other managers while he was in charge. Well, yes, but that is kind of how you have to operate in business. Uh, And you have to look for a succession. Had they decided he wasn't the man, I don't think that going in and just saying, you're not the man, so we're going to sack you until we find someone. Clubs don't always do that. I mean, that's not something that can happen, especially when it was somebody who was only going to be there for a set period anyway. So I get it. Uh, And I'm sure he's, he's feeling sorry for himself and I'm sure he's thinking, if only this or that. And I get that. It's a big job and he was close at times to just pushing through and maybe doing enough to get it. Had he won that, that old fun game that went 3-2 to them, who knows? Really, who knows? But he didn't. And that is football management. It, it's a knife edge. The oft-quoted example is Alex Ferguson 1990. If he doesn't stay in the cup, he probably gets fired. And it sometimes does come down to a game, a turning point, a decision. And as I say, 
it wasn't inevitable the Monday after that match that he would go. It was his decisions that followed that that made it inevitable that he would go. So while you can say, yes, it's a turning point, it wasn't done and dusted then and Rangers should have fired him and brought someone else in. Uh, it was after the, you know continually worse performances that you realised, no, he doesn't have it to bring it back. It was after the dressing room exploded publicly that you thought, nah, he's completely not got this to, to bring it back. So I do have some, some some sympathy for him, I really do, but it's tempered by the fact that he had a wonderful opportunity and he failed in it, and that's life. And there are plenty of people in this world, in my opinion, Alex, who deserve my sympathy or your sympathy or public sympathy ahead of handsomely paid football managers. God, yeah. <laughs> millions of players millions of people, yes. Um, so, so yeah, I largely agree with that. I think I said at the time when, when Murphy was hired that he's now stepped up to be Rangers manager. He has to be judged the same as every other Rangers manager. And that's, you know, that was the reality of the situation. And that's, that's ultimately what this comes down to. I do get that other managers are coming in and backing him. That's what they do. I've seen managers back guys who were clearly... You know, there was no way they could stay in the job. They weren't getting the results. They couldn't see any sign of turning things around. And they'll still come out in a press conference and say, oh, our teams do this too quickly now. Or, you know, they've been treated really poorly or the likes. We wouldn't have made any announcement about Steven Gerrard if Graham Murray was in charge of these last three games until after the last game. I am 100% convinced of that. That we, you know, this the, the upcoming announcement that I'm talking about is if it's done, I know, but that wouldn't have been until after the end of the season if Marty was still going to be in charge of these last three games. It's only a delay of about 10 days, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't have taken very long. So they're, they're kind of, you know, Neil Lennon's reaction is, is swayed by what has now transpired since Marty has left something that the club have accelerated for their own reasons. It's not, the, what wouldn't have been the reality of the situation had Graham Murray been kept in place. No, absolutely. And like I say, the club needs to do what's best for the club in the future. Rather than thinking, at all costs, we must protect this person. That's not how it works, unfortunately. And that, that's just life. That's just industry. It's nothing to do with football. Football is probably more brutal, yes. Um, but if you want to work in it, you, you accept that it's more brutal the rewards are enormous that's the point that's that's one of the things of it that's why it's so well paid and yeah like I say I think that it, it's difficult for the man in the street really to, to hear oh did, did the poor guy getting paid thousands of pounds have a nasty time it, it is difficult to you know really get too worked up about it and, and I haven't managed to <laughs> in all honesty now to Saturday's match uh, our last Saturday uh, 3 o'clock kickoff, our last home match of the season when we welcome Kilmarnock we have one point from three matches against Kilmarnock this season Alex and our last performance against them against some competition would probably be in the top five worst performances of the season it was dreadful yeah it was yeah um up until that point, I was probably putting it in as the worst performance, just pipping the defeat to St Johnson at Ibrooks. Uh, was my thinking at the time because of how few chances we actually created. I think we had a couple from set pieces. Russell Martin hit the bar with a header. That was about it. 
Um, Kelly really didn't look troubled at all. Whereas, you know, defeat to St Johnson, we went one 0 up. We had other chances in the game. Defeat to Hamilton at Ibrooks, we God knows how we conspired to lose that match. Uh, but then, obviously, these two Celtic defeats recently have have jumped right in front of any others, haven't they? So, yes. so yeah, it's definitely in the top five. I don't think there's any debate there. Uh, only one point in three matches. It must be a long time outside of Celtic since we've played a team four times in a season and failed to beat them. I think we've done it with three. I think we've done it with Ross County, didn't we? Last season, yes. three games against them, but we never got a win in any of the three. But it must be a while since it's been four. Mm. I can't think of a team that's done that to us in a long time, aside from Celtic, as I say. Well, I'm sure our, our status out there will, will be able to help us with that. But, yeah, I mean, Kilmarnock will come at this match with a lot of confidence and they should as I say they've had a win and a draw at Ibrox this season our home form is notoriously piss poor this year new manager is uh, in Johansson and Nickel not going to make that much of a a difference in this short space of time you know let, let's be honest here you're not going to see anything radically different I wouldn't have thought but are there any things maybe in terms of tactics that you might expect to see that are a little bit different from what we witnessed under Graham Murray who in his last match went back to the four-two-three-one that he'd clearly favoured throughout his time? I'm not sure actually, um, I don't know if they'll prefer that as well there is, there's a couple of things we come on when we played Hearts after the, the semi-final we spoke about afterwards, you know, because beforehand you were quite expecting Hearts to come out and have a real go an experienced manager like Levine you know would try and take advantage of what was clearly a going to be a, a you know a, a fragile team um, and Rangers he never did that the Kilmarnock have actually got the lowest amount of possession on average in the entire league this season they're very much a sit back let teams play hit them on the break sort of side that's, that's their strengths if they come and let us have possession it gets a bit like a Hearts game it, it lets our players feel their way into it I expect Kelly to come out and have a go as such I wouldn't be surprised if Rangers actually go with two up front coming, I've got a funny are we feeling that this? with Johansson having more influence here I don't see Morelos sitting on the bench so it would be um, both Cummings and Morelos you suspect yeah yeah plus I mean Morelos is out for the last game of the season as well so you know giving him the last couple of you know the next couple of games uh, to finish off his season wouldn't be such a bad thing either. It wouldn't surprise me. It's not something that I would normally advocate, but Kelly are likely to play a sort of something between a four-five-one and a four-four-two themselves. We might not have to win the midfield battle as such, so it might be one of those games where we can shove two up front and just kind of hassle them a bit more, press them a bit higher up the pitch. We'll see. I, I don't know. He might just go with the same sort of team because you know the. Squad just there, um, and as you say, he's not had a lot. Nick and Johansson haven't had a lot of time to do much this week, so uh, tricky one to know. For the first time in a while, I'll be looking forward to that sort of two o'clock team announcement to see just just what changes we'll see. You know, are being made. Is there any sign of anything? Are guys like Doherty and Morelos straight back into the side uh, after recently being dropped for? You know what didn't seem like the biggest of reasons, things like that. It'll be it may answer quite a few questions actually. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously their temporary managers are not going to get the job. They're not there to get the job. It's not like the Murty situation. It's it's guys who've got three games. That's it. 
and they don't need to pick guys who they're thinking of for the long term, for example. They don't need to look at that aspect. They need to literally just look at the three games and therefore just pick their favourites, you know, pick the ones they want to play. There's no, I need to play him because I signed him or any of that stuff that, that can influence a manager. It's, it's just, these are my guys. And it'll be really interesting to see if Martin plays, if Windass plays, guys that we maybe felt that the last manager favoured. And I don't mean that in any derogatory sense I just mean that clearly they were players that he saw something in ahead of other players uh, I think you could see that so I wonder if those two will do that you're right if Morelos who's you know clearly somebody that Johansson found uh, if he comes back into the side uh, if you see people who've been exiled for a while suddenly come in uh, that can happen sometimes when a new manager comes in uh, in these circumstances temporarily you can see guys who had been on the fringes are especially with assistant managers because you know they're the guys whose, whose job it is is to go and talk to these guys and say you know keep your head up and quite often they foster quite strong relationships and that can lead to when the assistant manager for whatever reason takes the team these guys get brought in so yeah there's a lot of intrigue there now one of the things about Kilmarnock that's been most impressive when they've played well this season because they have played badly at times um, that kind of gets lost in the malaise not often but when they're playing well, uh, and certainly against us, they've demonstrated this, a very powerful and strong midfield. Um, maybe not the most creative in the world, but as you say, that's not their game. Their game is, you know, if we can get the ball to Jones and maybe make chances, Boyd has been in terrific finishing form. Um, but one of the concerns I think Rangers fans legitimately have going into this game, Alex, is will this be another game where we just cannot get anything going through the middle? It might be. Um... That was the last time we played them at Ibrooks was a game where we started Cummings up front and it became pretty apparent after about 15 minutes that we missed Morelos that day. Uh, and that's not a slight on Cummings who has had mixed performances in that role in my opinion. But you're up against a strong physical team. You need strong physical players on the park as well and Morelos is potentially our best at that. Um, you know, there's pretty much no defender in the league can bully that guy. Uh, so we missed him, so we couldn't get anything going through the middle. We just and then when our wide players didn't play well that day, that was us. You know, we were scunnered. Uh, Try to break teams down through the middle hasn't been our strength this season. Uh, let's be honest, but you know we couldn't even fashion anything out wide either, which would normally work well for us. It's a difficult one because, as I say, I'm, I'm talking about you know putting Morelos and Cummings on there. That would then have a bit more focus on central play, which might not be the the best way to play against Kelly. Their midfield is likely to be power because Malumbu is a kind of free, um, which frees up Malumbu to go and do whatever he wants. Essentially, he's a guy that everybody will be focused on. So, yeah, it might not be pretty. Um, Kelly won't won't go there to play good football, so and we're not exactly flying confidence wise. So it might just be a case of as you say, whoever Nicole and Johansson feel as though will give them their absolute maximum. It might just be one of those days where you stick a team out that's just going to work really really hard and hope that a little bit of quality shines through, rather than than trying anything too tactical or, or pretty, you know. 
If there's an announcement tomorrow uh, about Gerard and it's a positive one, then the atmosphere at Ibrox will be a lot better. Um, fans will be, I think, in the main, excited and quite up for it, and that's great. But the the thing that worries me is that I think it's universally acknowledged that this is not maybe the strongest uh, team in terms of mentality that we've ever had, to, to put it politely. And what concerns me is that, look... If Steven Gerrard takes this job, in fact, I think even if he doesn't, but certainly if he does, that there is going to be an enormous clear-out at Ibrox this season, uh, summer. Absolutely enormous, huge. And a lot of them will know that. They're not stupid people, and I'm sure that their agents are already being informed along those lines. So I do worry that we might see them collapse in on themselves again and fail to fail to hit what we need them to hit it, I, I don't trust them I suppose is, is what I'm trying to say I don't trust them to go out there G'd up, I would hope that they would think we've got a new manager coming in, he's going to be watching this game and okay I might be slated for departure but I'm going to have a hell of a game here today so that when he watches this game he goes well, actually there might be something there that's what you'd like to see happen but I suppose as I say I just don't trust that that will be what I see happen. You can't after the last game, no. uh, because there's plenty of speculation. Um, the players will have known a little bit more than than most people what was actually going on. You know, they've, they've been playing at rumours and talking to people a bit more connected than they are, um, and that was what they gave us. So uh, you can't. There's just no way you can expect them to, to suddenly turn that right around in the space of a week. That's uh, that's very unlikely, just because of the knowledge of Gerard. Well, the knowledge of Gerard was pretty much out there last weekend and it resulted in the most abject performance of the season. So to to expect you know what we need after that, that's why I'm saying it might just be a case of... Uh, here's an easy example. Cardoso is the sort of guy who, no matter who the manager is, no matter you know what, etc. He's going to go out there and give his absolute all. Now he has his limitations, as every single Rangers player does. But in terms of his attitude, he's not going to be someone who just chucks it or wilts in any situation. That's the way he is. He could have been told he's not staying after the summer. He would still go out and bust his balls when he's playing. This is the sort of guy he is. Maybe this is the sort of day where you just need to find as many of those guys as you can and put them out there. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't disagree with that at all and as I say I think that if you're the assistant manager it's a different thing and you build up different relationships from the manager and it just it happens a lot you see it when a club have a caretaker in and he brings in a couple of guys who haven't been playing and it happens a lot because they're guys he's fostered the relationship with because they'll come to him and say I'm not playing and he his, part of his job is to kind of keep them ticking over uh, and it wouldn't surprise me to see those type of guys suddenly come back in uh, especially if as rumours suggest that there were disagreements between Graham Murray and the, the backroom staff about who should play and how the team should be set up. So, no, it, it wouldn't stun me. Now, Kilmarnock's star striker, Alex, Chris Boyd, having a wonderful season. He really is. Uh, absolute, you know, renaissance late in his career. Um, also, Scotland's leading authority on Rangers, he seems to speak more about us than you or I do. And... I do, you know, without wanting to be all Mary Whitehouse about this, 
isn't there a rule about bringing the game into disrepute and surely commenting on fucking everything to do with another club from their management to their kit deals would constitute that? It should, yes. I would have thought so. Um, but he's got away with it all season. So that's that, I guess. Uh, it's a bit different from a press conference when you know another manager or a player at another club asked a question about Rangers. Yes, agreed. Uh, you know, they can come out and say whatever they like then and ask the question. They can give their opinion and you know, disagree, agree, whatever, that's fine, that's that's the scenario. This is a guy who's been paid to do his column and I would have thought from Kamarnock's point of view, they would have seen that as look, you're in a pretty prominent position here between that, BBC uh, Sports Scotland as well. You know, he does a lot of punditry work on Sky, all the rest of it. Talk is up, Chris. We're, you know, Kamarnock really need this boost. He mentions them at the end of columns or, you know, to make some sort of point about how they do something so much better than Rangers do. Or, uh, yeah, he does seem to want to be the leading authority on us. Um, and his comments earlier this week were um, interesting, I think, <laughs> is one rather euphemistic way to put it. Uh, his Jose Mourinho comparison was. It uh, wasn't exactly his, his shining moment, was it? No, what I would say is, uh, for those of you who don't know, Chris Boyd said, hiring Steven Gerrard as a manager is akin to, we didn't say akin, obviously, is like hiring Stephen, uh, Jose Mourinho as a player. To which, of course, every Rangers fan went, and I bet you Jose Mourinho, the player, would have done better for us the last time than you fucking did. Pretty <laughs> much, yeah. Um, it's a nonsense comparison, though. It is. It's, it's, um, it's such a, a weird analogy because we know Jose Mourinho's had a playing career. I would also, like, as it was, to, I would also like to point out that Chris Boyd was right behind Lee McCulloch being given the Kamarnock job in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So, you know, he didn't have any issues there. Uh, because it was one of his mates, obviously. Exactly. exactly. Uh, so, or, or maybe it's all right for Kamalnik and not all right for Rangers. In which case, if I was a Kamalnik fan, I'd be offended at that. I mean, genuinely, well, what you're saying is, well, what we're we're a wee daddy club, and uh, Rangers yeah, yeah, it's it, fine so. for us to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, 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 but. We can talk all we like. He's got three goals against us this season and six points that he's won on his own. Uh, not on his own, but you know his goals have won. Yeah. Um, the only way to kind of shut him up is to beat him. And uh, with that in mind, how do you see the game going? What would be your prediction? Um, I've got a funny feeling it's going to be it's, it's more a lot of averages thing than anything else. I don't believe Command could have better team than us. I believe that they've taken advantage of mistakes and poor decisions from us. Um, I think this game is going to be. Not much of a spectacle at all, but it's one the Rangers are going to grind out a win in, and we'll win it two 0 I think we'll win one 0 I don't think it'll be a very exciting game, but I think we we will do enough. I agree with you. I think that, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that we will just about do enough at home. I think the fans being in a good mood, if everything goes to plan tomorrow, will help. And yeah, that's what I see happening. Okay, folks, uh, we'll get your money on a Rangers victory and. Uh, both teams not to score after those predictions. Now, uh, just a, a few things for you bits of housekeeping. First of all, uh, you can now wear us. We can now be close to you at all times uh, with the, the Heart and Hand t-shirt, hoodie, various other things. If you go to heartandhand.co.uk, that's heartandhand.co.uk, 
um, you'll be able to purchase them. And we are doing a live show next week in Dunfermline with uh, myself, Hoggy, Cammy, and Kevin Thompson, which should be very interesting, should have a lot to say. Now, it's, it was sold out, but we've had some returns because we had to change the date due to uh, the weather in, in March. So the original date was scheduled for the, the beginning of March and uh, because of that, that snowstorm we had to put it off and obviously it was only fair to offer refunds at that point, which we did. So uh, there have been some returns and uh, they, they are now available. Uh, they're on my Twitter link, which is at ibrockrocks. If you just look for them, uh, you'll find the link there. And on our Facebook page, just go to Facebook, search for Heart and Hand Rangers podcast, up will pop. And again, you'll find the link there. Uh, there's only about 20 tickets remaining. Please come along, it'll be a wonderful night if you're on the uh, in the East Coast or anywhere or can get to Dunfermline on Friday the 11th, a week on Friday. Uh, it will be a fantastic night and come along and meet Kev. Uh, you can meet us assholes as well, but Kev is very much the one that I would be uh, drawn towards. And if you want to hear more from us, we're available every single day. We do uh, shows usually four shows a day on Patreon uh, breaking news as well Alex and I the other day probably be Alex and I tomorrow hopefully Alex um, not too sure uh, could be you know, could be yes hopefully yes. hopefully there'll be something to break first of all that's the thing yeah fingers crossed um, but there'll certainly be somebody to discuss any news and that that's you know the, the good thing about the flexibility of the site and if you want to support us we've had an amazing week actually with people signing up um, but we, the more the merrier if you want to come and support us just go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand and up we shall pop and it's only one ninety nine per month uh, I think you'll like it most people seem to. All that remains for me to do then is to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Miles, to thank my guest, the ever-wonderful Mr Alex Staff. Thank you, David. Always a pleasure. And to tell all of you, if you just support us through the, the two free podcasts a week, that's wonderful. Thank you. Please continue to do so. We'll be back on Monday night with all the reaction to a potential new appointment and to a certain game on Saturday. Thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you again on Monday. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.